This podcast is rated E for everyone. Hey, listen up, motherfuckers. Like, this is the season finale. And you can't say that. You can't just start cursing at people. Possibly better idea. Well, shit, it's our fucking season finale. God, you gotta stop cursing. This is the Layman's Guide to the Multiverse. Hello and welcome to the Layman's Guide to the Multiverse, where we dive between the panels and break through the fourth wall. I'm your host, Matt, and this week we got Ed. Hey. Paolo. What's going on, guys? And from the pocket dimension itself, we got Douglas. Ed, don't glorify the pocket dimension. It's a hellscape. Uh, this week, we are going to talk about comic book authors. I figured this would be a fun topic because I can't seem to talk about comics with you guys and you guys not bringing up authors, which... I find kind of funny because I find I can't remember who the authors are most of the time when I read a comic book. You know, it's funny because you mentioned that it's uh, a lot of people uh, tend to be like, oh, comic book authors just do this, then that. I, I, I find that the um, the practice of a serialized storytelling mm-hmm. might be a little bit more difficult than writing like a full book in one shot. It's extremely difficult. You've got to take into um, account you know, continuity. Yeah, you have to basically respect the work of everybody who came before you and also like innovate without leaving without changing so much that when you leave you have ruined the status quo you have to innovate without deviating. there you go thank you much better well, way to that's say it. that's in reference that that all of this is in reference to writing uh i would say the the serialized comic that is part of incontinuity or is part of the the rolling series that we continue to have you know so batman for right. example uh someone writing the book for like five years before you jump on and then you it's your turn and you have <laughs> to luck. give yeah congratulations you got to keep up with the you got to make sure that you don't change those five years that might have done something really cool and still do your own thing that's really cool and make sure you leave the character in a way that someone else can pick right up and keep on exactly writing. yeah Good luck, everybody, after Jeff Johns on Green Lantern. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Grant Morrison's like, hold my joint. (laughs) And here's probably the hardest point uh, about being a comic book author. The fan base, especially those of podcasts, are insane. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say. All right. We're dedicated. I don't don't want to get into this because this is a really touchy subject. Yeah. (laughs) We're strange. (laughs) Uh, but no, the, the, definitely the fandom is part of the problem when you're oh. a comic book writer to have to deal with. Uh, oh, because yeah. if you do something that uh, someone doesn't like and a small vocal minority can just be like, we don't like this. And it gets on Twitter. It gets on Facebook. It starts hitting the, the and, and now that comic books are in the regular kind of uh, stratum of media. They're kind of mainstream. Yeah, sorta. Where, where it is mainstream. Uh, you get mainstream media actually saying, oh, look what's happening in the comic books because of uh, this. Captain America recently. That was such a perfect example of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Cap. Hydra? Yeah. Hydra Cap. I mean, that was no, bad. It, No, no, Let's no. It was not a good storyline. But the whole point is, is that clearly they were showing that the character was being messed with in some way. And at the end, he would be super heroic and everything would be undone. Anyone with half a, half a brain and who's read like five or six comics sh- should have known that that's how it's going to end 
five or six no more or five, less. five or six and at least half a brain yeah <laughs> at least you can't you can't have Even less a than full a one. if you have if you have if, if you have fourth. half a lobe if you have half a jeff lobe <laughs> <laughs> it's hey it's funny i bring him up but we'll get there it's all right i mean yeah i mean like uh i remember when cap died in uh what 2008 2009 uh, before that i believe Oh, that long well, ago, right? Yeah. But yeah, I remember that got mainstream coverage. And then meanwhile, I remember you guys just being like, oh, he'll be back. And then he, was. he got shot by a time bullet, guys. Was it a time? I thought it was no, just no, a regular that bullet. Batman. No, no, that was. No, that was the Omega Sanction. Exactly. The Omega he Sanction. He got shot with eye bullets. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> the Omega Eyes. <laughs> King of the Eyes. The dark Side was like, my brand. <laughs> <laughs> and then incinerated Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, spoilers! No, we didn't. He sent him back in time and sent a giant bat after him. <laughs> oh yeah, that's where Barbatos came from. Yeah, the hyper adapt, oh, bro. That's right. Oh, and now you he's call like him Barbatos, world builder or something? Bar Barbados? Yeah, like no, no. I I can't help but calling him Barbados, like the island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard right. that. I heard that place is beautiful this time before, of year. Before we okay, before we get too off the script though, oh, in all seriousness, so <laughs> <laughs> the um. It, it, mainstream media now starts covering like any of these big moments that authors decide to do and you know it's a big deal yeah now. because they also like, have a very slanted take they'll be like they'll take the premise of the beginning of a story arc and go this is offensive when the whole point of the story arc is to go yeah this is offensive and we're showing it wait a minute wait a minute you mean that that people watching a thing react to the beginning of a story and then decide the entire thing sucks <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it kind of calls back what? to the Silver Age of comics, where they would just put all sorts of outlandish stuff on the uh, cover just to get you to pick it up and go, "What?" Oh, remember that time Batman and Superman made Jimmy Olsen and Robin dig their own graves and then <laughs> put a gun to their head because that was a thing that happened. Yeah, thanks the seventies. So Actually, though, thing. the thing, Matt, though, is back in the sixties, it wasn't just the cover; it kept going through the pages. Seventies <laughs> <laughs> were a really weird time. So, you know what? Let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, our favorite authors. And um, you know what? It's a good thing we brought up mainstream because um, I think I probably am going to pick one of the most mainstream ones you could possibly think of. I mean, for God's sakes, Do it. He, ha he had an appearance in the show Arthur, Neil wait, Gaiman. Wait, he was an Arthur for like the Aardvark cartoon? Yeah. What? What was yeah. Neil? Wait, 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 wait. What was uh, that, that that Arthur meme where he's bawling his fist? Was he trying to punch Neil Gaiman? <laughs> <laughs> was he so mad at like the end of Good Omens or something that he just wanted to deck Neil Gaiman? Because he hates Sandman so much that he wanted to punch Neil Gaiman in the, in the dick. You 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 heard it here first. Arthur the Aardvark called up Netflix and told him to cancel Good Omens. <laughs> <laughs> and then Amazon Prime canceled Stranger Things. So hold on, my... wait, Matt, you're telling me that your favorite comic book author is Neil Gaiman? I would have to say so, because... Um, I can't fault him on that. You know what the problem is? Is that, honestly, and it's it's even worse, too, because uh, the only comic book of his I've ever read is still The Sandman. Wait, uh, you never read Marvel 1602? No. No, he said he was going to get around to it. You did recommend it to him, though. Okay. You did recommend it to me. Okay, I'm good. I'm going to get around to it. Good. Yeah, you know what? I, I heard that they're going to make it into a Netflix show, so I can't wait. But the funniest thing, though, I find about Neil Gaiman is that his books that I've read... I haven't been big fans of them, honestly. Really? Yeah, I read American Gods. It didn't do it for me. Uh, American ah, Gods didn't do it for me either. I, I, what I find more interesting about that is I don't even feel like I consider Neil Gaiman a 
Comic book writer? A comic yeah, book I writer? Get, Even though he's done so many. Yeah, like, I know. I, like guess, he's yeah, done, I consider him a novelist who does comic books yeah. sometimes. But, but yeah. I mean, like, could he's you literally not, an author. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, if you had to pick a number two to, like, you know, Alan Moore, he's in the uh, run. Uh, um, that is debatable. I would put him up there because I love Sandman so goddamn much. But. See, I haven't. I've read. Sandman never got my attention to even want to read it. That, that art is pretty, though, man. See, the thing I, I love about Gaiman is that he has kind of a, um, uh, he kind of has this thing for like classic Americana, almost in the same like David Lynch sort of way. Mm, okay, that makes sense. I can understand that. Yeah. You, you get that a lot in reading American Gods. Yeah. Uh, you get that a lot in reading um, some of his yeah, other stuff he, that he's done. Out he there. really he, seems to love cultural shifts and, and also like the identity of times. But like that was what was so great though about Sandman was it was I feel it was a very nonlinear story. I mean, like how like explain one comic a Sandman and like try to do it justice. I, I was actually going to ask you to give me like the small premise of what yeah. Sandman is, so I, I I would read it because like I up until now everyone I know there's okay, no small premise. I, there are people there are people that are friends of mine that would never read comic books, but they've read Sandman. And I'm like, what? Yeah, Doug, Doug turned me on to it uh, a long time ago, actually. The basic premise is it stars uh, Morpheus, um, a.k.a. Oh, man, it was a Sandman, uh, dream. a.k.a. Dream. Yeah. He, he goes by many yeah. names. A.k.a. Robert Smith of the Cure. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen him? Come yeah. On. No, there's, he's definitely rocking a very Robert Smith vibe. Um, so he's, a, um, he's some sort of a god. May, actually, Matt, may I? Yeah, go ahead. Take it um, away. Okay, so uh, Morpheus, a.k.a. Sandman, a.k.a. Dream, is one of the seven endless. The endless are all abstract concepts that literally predate God and will exist after God and the universe have died. Uh, the okay. seven abstracts are Dream, Death, Delirium, uh, who was once Delight, um desire despair destruction and death yeah and the way the stories go is they kind of hop around a lot like it's not like oh man you know i'm morpheus i gotta defeat the big bad it's he he like jumps around through time periods i, I think they explain through the comics is there that, a major overarching story or is it just kind of like a whole bunch of like you know, self-contained yeah. stories that happen. Um, self-contained, but not like single-issue storylines. Like right, so, yeah. so they're yeah. more of the they're more of those kind of um, trade. Like it's a specific like time period or something or right. story for this trade, and the next trade picks they up don't something brand yeah, new. they don't necessarily ever return to the status quo. Uh, there are big changes throughout the series, but it's not. It, there's like eleven or twelve volumes in the series, and it, it's not one big story like storyline oh okay yeah but like to give you a, a good clue this is the uh the story that he got an award for i forget which award it was um the basic premise of the episode was that um he gave william shakespeare the dream that inspired a midsummer night's dream you know what's funny is you're already talking about it like netflix is gonna make the, the series because you're talking about episodes i know get it, it, it <laughs> yeah i'm uh, sorry <laughs> No, I'm just so scared. Like it's like I have such Sandman means so much to me in my head that it, it, the show can't possibly live up to what I have in my head. 
Well, apparently Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt loves it just as much as you do. So don't worry about it. He's got this. He d- wait. Joseph he also, Gordon he also looks involved? like Dream. Yeah. Is he playing Dream? Uh, I think he's he's playing Dream, and I I know at one point he was writing and like producing the show. The only the only reason I even know Joseph Gordon Levitt's I'm uh, sorry, not Gordon. Uh, what Morpheus looks like. <laughs> It's because he looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a wig. Uh, that and, and remember when he when when for whatever reason he ended up in a Batman issue. Yeah, like, uh, he ended up in um, whatever Metal. happened. Oh, that I think, too. I think Morpheus looks like if Edward Scissorhands and David Bowie had a child. Oh, you know how many women out there <laughs> just are just apt. like, oh my god, I love Morpheus. That that's an apt description. Yeah, actually, but like he does cross over a lot. Like in the first issue, he does meet Constantine. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean that make that makes sense with the way the premises and I know they they don't take place exactly in the same universe. They no, no, they take place do. in kind no, of. No, they uh, take place in DC universe. Yeah, yeah. Morpheus crossed over with Batman in an issue that is yeah. canon. Al- so, also, yeah, that makes sense. League in the nineties run. I think. Also, Mark Lee um, I think. I think you're right. So, in in closing, you know, I have high hopes for the Netflix show because everything Gaiman has been attached to has been good case in point Coraline and uh American <laughs> gods I don't care Coraline was fucking amazing I really uh, I really dig the uh, American gods TV show at least season one season one's really pretty the I didn't t- watch I like it. the t- I like the TV show more than the book it's not it's not common when it happens but yeah I'm, I like the show more than the book it's good. Bad, like I feel like I should be I should be all up in that but for whatever you, you reason I just, like I just no I get it Paul I mean sometimes there's things you either go oh I should like this but you don't or I should watch this but you just never get around to it yeah oh the, no. the, the worst is man I really want to like this thing and you keep trying to do that thing and it just doesn't do yep. it for uh, you yep, <laughs> yep. you're like but I like this one thing and it's from that why can't I like the whole thing? <laughs> Why can't everything be as good as that thing? Why can't everything be as good as the things I like? <laughs> ah. oh. so, All right. Yeah. Speaking of the things I like. Well, so trying to pick a writer for this episode was a little difficult for me. Because oh, I, um, I mean, like, like Grant Morrison's up there, but I feel like a writer like Grant Morrison doesn't work unless you have the norm. Because, like, he's really good at going, all right, cool, but what about this? No, I get you. You you, you can't subvert the trope without creating the trope. Exactly. And, and, and the thing about Grant Morrison is he's he is hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, some of his stuff out there, it's either, fuck, that was great, that was fantastic. Yeah, I would argue, yeah. Fuck, that was I bad. would argue there is no more hit or miss author than Grant Morrison. It, I don't. I don't know if I agree with something that miss because I've never read anything that like I walked away with like a bad taste in my mouth. But I have read the. Oh, that was just okay. Or or why did you do that? So what's good from Grant Morrison and what's bad? In my opinion, or their opinion? Well, yeah, your opinion. opinion. My opinion. I really loved his his Batman and Robin run. Oh, his Batman and Robin was really mm. good. That I was really, when that was when Dick Grayson was Batman and oh. Damian Wayne and Damian oh. Wayne was Robin. Oh, it was one of it's, my favorite runs because it's so Grace good. Is one of my favorite characters. It's so good. It it's, cemented. It cemented the change of the status quo mm-hmm. that Dick Grayson was his own Batman. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't Bruce. He wasn't Dick Grayson trying to be Bruce Wayne Batman. He was Dick Grayson being ba- his Batman. Right. Yeah, Tony Tony Daniels actually writes a really good issue of uh, Dick Bat, where like he actually has, yeah, he actually, but he actually has that in his head. He's like, I'm never going to be Bruce, so yes. I have to be my own Batman. I know exactly and what he's you're talking about. He's just diving around, smiling and laughing at everybody. He's still, t- yeah, he's talking. That was one of the first oh. things Commissioner Gordon said. He's like, you talk more than he did. 
Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I also remember that Alfred had to make his cape lighter. Assume, yes. Because, uh, you know, the acrobat. And also, mm-hmm. uh, fucking Bruce is taller and stronger than Dick. So he didn't have a problem with the 60-pound fucking Kevlar cape. <laughs> I, I actually yeah, I what, remember, I'm, I'm almost sure I'm right because I remember reading it. And I was thinking, wait, 60 pounds? Yeah, Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison did a really good good ish run yeah. with that and explaining everything oh his entire run on batman is phenomenal um i mean his justice league run is just as good yeah if that, not better well that batman run is also one of the longer runs if i remember correctly like that thing lasted a while yeah yeah, yeah. um the longest one in, in the recent history i can think of is, is tom king currently and speaking of comics being in the mainstream tom king was on jimmy fallon Yes. Wow. Tom King was on. Oh Jimmy shit! Fallon. I'm, gonna I'm gonna look that up later. He's he has he has written so much actual like he, his stuff has. He's act- fucking good. Yeah, he's great. He's another he's really good. good guy. Keep going. Fucking Ed, I'm sorry. Good. No, no. Like, don't apologize. We're just saying he's fucking great. Yeah. What other? What? Which? So right now he's writing Batman, if I recall correctly. He uh, definitely he's... wrote one of my favorite runs. Is when he wrote Dick Grayson as a super spy. Oh yeah, just the the, the Grayson title Grayson that was, series. That was oh, really actually, good. I never got um, around to that. Fuck. You should. Uh, that was you should. so good. List now, I, I, you guys recommended it. I'll, I'll put it on the list. How would uh, All Star Superman land on I your list? I fucking love it. Because uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the only one Grant of, Morrison thing I could think of. One of my favorite Superman stories, if if not my favorite. It was um, really good. It's really oh, good. Also, also Superman. It's, it's a amazing. timeless classic, and it, yeah. Well, that's that's what I feel about that that story. That story is um, is Superman at his most Superman. Yeah, I, like you, yeah. What, he, what what the public envisions as Superman is what that is, but somehow still deals with his humanity. Yeah, like I don't know if we want to give out any spoilers if if you haven't oh, I don't read think, it. Or I don't think we have it. to. Follow me. Uh, go ahead. I, you know what? I'm no, saying I about do. That. No, 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 no. All Star Superman is. If you take all of the essence and feeling of the Golden Age Superman, but wrote it with the care and knowledge and depth of a good writer of today's times. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a good that's a good way of putting it. Because I mean, even if I talk about what happens, even if we talk about what happens in the first few yeah, issues, know. You know, which is the exactly. key, I feel like yeah. you'd ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not only that, but go watch the movie too, because the movie is just as good. Do it. Read it. Read it. Read, read it, it while you're watching it, and it. watch the movie. <laughs> but for, for a second, um, when you said All Star Superman, I thought of that new Superman series, and I confused with All Star Batman. So because you know that new Frank Miller one, that's oh, a travesty. You're, you're, you're thinking of you're thinking of Superman uh, one. Yeah, Frank Miller's no, not. Gonna- no. Frank Miller would be on like my anti list. Of yeah, this for uh, this. yeah, Fra- and yet somehow he's the guy who reinvented Batman. Like uh, arguably uh, reinvigorated Batman to be he, what he is now. No, no, no he, no, he invented the goddamn Batman. <laughs> well, he did both. And the thing is, is <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns. If you they call it a classic, but if you go back and read it now, it's terrible. It's just it, it's, it's just good. that it inspired the modern take on Batman, where other writers did it better. But the better writers were inspired by Frank Miller's take. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, I would say Zack Snyder did a better Frank Miller Batman. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could think I could think of instances where bands, you know, had songs and albums that I didn't necessarily like, but they later on inspired bands that I really do like. Right, right. Um, I mean, my, my other choice up there could have been Warren Ellis. A but classic. I feel like... I feel like... So, like, 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 Jeff Johns is a really good writer, right? But he's, like, a really good bacon cheeseburger. Um, 
Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis is like a filet mignon. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, that makes sense if you like filet mignons. <laughs> I mean, because I don't. I, I'm not. How do you I'm, not like I'm filet mignon? I'm not saying that I'm that I'm a vegetarian because, quite frankly, I am anti-vegetarian. If that, if you go, but, Paolo will eat all of the animals you don't. He'll <laughs> <laughs> show up at your house with a bag, just a sack, and go put that put that animal in here. <laughs> but what really I am saying, what I am saying, is that I feel you can get more and tastier cuts of meat for a better price my point is is that warren ellis is like the comic book is like the comic book fans comic book writer does that make any sense okay like, that that, so, I so, can, that i can attest so what has I'm, warren, not, I'm not saying warren, that he's he's like the uh he's rick the and morty you have to have a super strip. high high he's iq the classic new york strip there there you go you always sure. enjoy a new york strip as long Great. as it's cooked well yeah there you go so what has warren ellis done uh, no, Warren, just... Warren Ellis has done stuff like uh, Super Gods. Um... Oh, hold on. He did, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, that you're going to run on um, one of the Wild Free, books. Uh, yes, wait, a lot of wait, them. Did, um, also, The Authority. Did he, do Astro he also did Freak did Angels. Did he do Astro um, or is that Busiak? That's, that's okay. Busiak. Um, I'm pulling up his bibliography right now. Yeah, oh, it's planetary. How do we forget planetary? I did. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm mad at myself. <laughs> Freak Angels is the thing I had trouble saying. Um, uh, Warren Ellis has done a lot. A lot of really good stuff. He had a really, he had a really good run on uh, JLA Classic. Oh, wait. I, he wrote X-Men. Wait, hold on. I wasn't thinking about um, what I just said. Uh, I, I meant to say Transmetropolitan. Did he do that? Mm. Who did Transmetropolitan? Why I feel you you're drastically underselling Warren Ellis by calling him a bacon cheeseburger in a world where Flaming Young exists. No, 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 he no, call, no. He I was saying he, Jeff Johns is a bacon oh, cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger. Oh, which isn't a bad thing. Jeff Johns is fucking great. Like yeah, but, but, a bacon but, cheeseburger is fucking it delicious. Is but planetary, oh, okay, I was right about that. Yeah, you are you are correct, but planetary though. Right, planetary. That, that, yeah. that's why I'm saying Warren Ellis. Well, yeah, Warren Ellis is the guy that wrote Planetary, which is why I'm saying that like he's like fucking you know a New York Strip. Yeah, no, he's you're 100 percent correct. I'm sorry, you're just sorry. Forget I even. No, 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 it's cool. I mean, but where it. where I was going is like I could pick I could pick writers like that, or I, I could pick like uh, a new favorite like Tom King. But like, I got a love hate relationship with this guy. Because Jeff Loeb, when he's good, man, it's oh, fucking great. Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb has written some of the most fun like comic book stories I've ever read. He has. And he has written some of the worst comic books, period. Yes. He's more like that. I'm absolutely... Well, no, he's written other stuff that's kind of meh as well. Like, okay, it's fine. Okay, hold on a second here. All right, so, Paolo, we, we talked about Green Lantern and how Jeff Johns kind of pulled you back into comics and, yes. like, you know, th th that, that, whole, that whole thing. Yes. Jeff Loeb is, is, is a writer that you know, I don't want to say pull me back into comics, but really like pulled me into comics. Hush is incredible. Oh uh, no, that's what I was about to say. I remember us having this conversation years ago when I started getting back into comics, and you were explaining to me about Jeff Loeb, and I kind of came back at you with like after having gone in and like gone in deep. So I started re reading. I read his entire Batman run. Uh, again, Hush is just one of it's my great. favorite Batman stories. It's like, so much fun. I'm They're making so a movie fun. on it, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. There's an animated movie coming out soon. I'll put it like this. I bought a 75th anniversary like Batman kind of this collector's box that had like three soft cover uh, of the what they at least right now what they consider essential Batman stories to read. One of them is the Dark Knight Returns because right, right. The everyone's just like the, the, the Frank Miller the eighties. Eh. Um, 
The other one is the Court of Owls, which is the newer one, which sets the current status quo, introduces a big new villain for Batman. Mm-hmm. And Hush. Class- yeah, like, classic storyline. is And great. that amazing which- Jim Lee art. Also, yeah. also, hold on. I have to interrupt this because this is one of my little things. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee has signed both volumes of my Hush. Oh, that's great. Because I, nice. have, I have the I have the soft the soft covers that are volume one and two, and he signed both of them two different years in a row. That's fantastic. Because I ran no, into no, him at Comic Con in person for like three or four years in a row. Well, first off, that's actually hilarious. Just walking around. But I just also want to say that, no, it's amazing because I'm also a comic book fan. But I just imagining Paul going up, somebody going like on the street, hey. Jim Lee signed both my hushes. Jeff Loeb. Sorry, Jeff Loeb. Back no, before no, no. we go into it, Jeff Loeb. I mean, it, like I said, he, he's written stuff like Hush. He, uh, his, his run on Batman Superman is fantastic. Batman Superman is probably one of the best written books. Like at, that le- at, le- at least the most, one of the most fun, at least. Oh my god! Okay, so public one enemies of those, is great. I don't no, care what you say. Though. The anecdote, the anecdote uh, on that is is. Do you remember the issue that was right after Connor Connor had had died? That's where I was going. Okay, he also he I, I believe that was right at the time that his son, yeah. son passed away. Yeah. yeah, his son passed away, and he decided to keep writing. Mm-hmm. And that issue brought me to tears. Uh, so I what, what's what's in, what, I don't want to say. Yeah. I, I don't want to say what's interesting about that issue, um, but what's really fucking cool about that issue because his kid was like looking to to get into writing, um, so he he was actually slated to to do a one shot on on Batman Superman. Yeah. Uh, so they used his script that featured uh, Robin and Connor. Oh, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then they got all of his artist friends that like he was making in the industry. They got all his friends to fucking do the art for it. So like everybody did like a page or two. And then the uh the, there was a back there was a small backup story um that was kind of like I for, I forget if it was Superboy or if it was um like like a friend that Superboy had in like high school and he was dealing with like Connor being dead and then it showed like everybody like then it showed like the rest of the Teen Titans dealing with Connor's death but it was it was a dad like writing a story about dealing with his son dying of cancer fucking tears forever man oh my god oh, oh like, man that's a book everybody has to read like, my yeah. eyes no, absolutely. well absolutely so you got to be prepared to read that issue though you got to be like you got to put it aside for a day where you don't have to do anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like he, he wrote those he wrote dark victory and long halloween those are fucking long classics halloween is amazing. Yeah. Long i was never a fan of tim sales art until i until i read both or until i read uh whichever one comes first thing long halloween long halloween i'm yeah. still not a fan of the art but that's just personal opinion right but it really works for that story oh. it's kind of like uh frank quietly i wasn't a huge fan of, of frank quietly's art by itself mm-hmm. but like you you throw grant morrison's writing in there and he's illustrating that fucking weird yeah you know, just the, the, the weird it, way he goes fits. to write it's great it works yeah. i think um, that's a, that might be a good place to kind of put pause on that we'll come back and finish up talk about jeff Loeb because i i want to mention some of his stuff too because it's so good that's fair yeah let's do it that's fair all right we'll be back Oh, 
All right, and we're back. And during the break, we all came to a consensus that uh, the greatest comic book writer is Rob Liefeld. And on that note, we are concluding this podcast. Thank Forever. you all, and have a good night. Rob Liefeld is the greatest thing to comics. I want to stop you, but this is too funny. That no, man, Rob, Rob Liefeld, is comic book Jesus. That man can articulate some feet in words. <laughs> his feet oh my god oh, no look god. at those packs okay. no, no, no. <laughs> talking about things that suck though how about when jeff Loeb wrote ultimatum Ooh, oh how about when he, how, how about before that when he wrote uh, ultimates three oh, how about god. how about before that when he was the guy that wrote uh the hulk right after i think it was greg pack did right, yeah um, after pack it was it was world war hulk and then uh, uh i don't know i'm planet sorry hulk, it was planet yeah. hulk and then World War Hulk, and then like, like the whole uh, World Breaker Hulk thing. Like it was this really great Hulk mm -hmm. run, and then they gave it to Jeff Loeb because he just signed back with Marvel, and he was just like, mm, "Fuck that!" He's just Savage Hulk in purple pants again. Yeah, that's why I was trying not to talk too much when you guys were talking about Jeff Loeb earlier. I don't like Jeff Loeb. No, he's great, except when he isn't. You guys remember <laughs> Heroes? You guys remember Heroes? Yeah, that was yeah, him. Yeah, and then and then remember, and then remember the writer strike. Yeah. The, the, guess, guess who they hired? Guess who they hired? Oh, he wrote that bullshit? Really? I'm like 90% positive that's him. And if it wasn't him that wrote it, I know he was a, at least a producer. He had his hand yeah. in it. Uh, it, oh, it, it breaks my heart when I like think about the stuff that he's written that is that bad. That dude has brought yeah. me to tears reading comics. Like, the Ultimate Universe was the best thing he's that also happened terrible. in comics to me in the 2000s. I know we all have different opinions, but... Uh, and Jeff Loeb literally destroyed that entire franchise. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm serious. He, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. He is, when he is bad, he is a fucking atrocious. But he's great when he's good. I think he's only good yeah. when he's good. That's the difference. Oh, boy. All right. So, in summary, we've talked about Neil Gaiman. Um, I was mispronouncing him as Gaiman. My you apologies. always said that wrong, and I've just never bothered to correct you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had no clue. Um, so yeah, Gaiman, uh, we got Grant Morrison, Warren Ellis, and of course, love and hate him, Jeff Loeb. Uh, moving on, I believe uh, Douglas, uh, you wanted no, to no, speak No, 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 actually, uh, I believe Paula wanted to go next. Ah, Paula, what do you get? Yeah, Doug just didn't want to go first. That's what happened. Yeah, guys. come on. <laughs> he just didn't want to go first, and now we've just uh, uh, by default we said, all right, you know what? Fuck you. Don't want to go first. We're gonna go before you, all yeah. of us. Yeah, no, everybody. Dude, everybody's going first. Mind. We're saving the best for last. Hey, uh, you don't better fucking put that pressure on me. <laughs> I, I I know it. You're 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 going to pick somebody really good. Somebody. Well, that's, you're right about um, that. Probably. You're probably just going to pick Rob Liefeld three times. <laughs> Rob Liefeld is the Don't. greatest. Is the greatest Rob Liefeld to ever <laughs> lay field. So by, so a guy, when, by a guy named Rob. So when you, we get to you, Doug, you better not disappoint. Yeah, us. you better not disappoint, man. Now all the pressure's on you. <laughs> oh, really? Really quick aside with with uh, 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 Rob Liefeld. Did, did I ever tell you guys the story about how I yelled at him to draw me some feet at a convention? Really? <laughs> you <laughs> no, were not the first. Not, you cannot have been we, the first. We can make time for this. Go ahead. Uh, long, long story short, he was at a a, 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 a comic convention here. Uh, me, me and my uh, significant other were walking by, and I was like, "Hey, Rob, Robbie, Robbie, draw me some feet." <laughs> <laughs> hey, Robbie, draw me some feet. And he, he, just, he looked at me, just pissed, <laughs> just so angry. Yeah, he's like, so Thank mad. you, Ed. Thank. You. 
Bring, bring, <laughs> just I, draw I, me some feet, Rob. I'm just imagining he had so much clout in the 90s that nobody else told him that he can't draw feet for shit. And you were the first person to point that out. <laughs> no, no, no. I think second. Just at Layman's Guide to the Multiverse. Hashtag Robbie, draw me some feet. No, he's got to be the second, though, because the first one he just would look quizzically at. Like, what? Logan would understand what's happening. Uh, oh, my God. How do I Paul, follow that up? Paul, uh, for the love of God, go. Uh, <laughs> She's on you now. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So I, okay, I will tell you that my favorite author is probably Jeff Johns, but I also can't do that because the reason that he is my favorite author in terms of, of where he stands is because he's the reason I got back into comic yeah. books. Um, and also, he had a 15 year, like, how long was his run on Green Lantern? Like, I don't even know yeah, at this point. Uh, 10 yeah, years? So, like, something like 10 years. Right. There's just no point in going into it. If you want to see Paulo's love affair of Jeff Johns, just listen to our Green just Lantern go, episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just just listen to that. So I'm not really going to go into 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 Jeff Johns. I'm actually going to talk about some of the, one of the newer authors that I've got that I've discovered, who also isn't that new. He's been around for a little bit. Um and one of the reasons why I'm so also really excited is because he it was announced that he is going to take over X-Men. <gasps> and by him taking over X-Men, they also made the decision canceling every other X-Men book <laughs> in the franchise them. right now. Which he was which like, guys, was a good I got this. As a Marvel fan, it's a good decision. It is a great decision because th- the continuity for X-Men is stupid. Just like their movies. <laughs> I actually, God, I think the continuity so... was good until about 2012, and it has gotten really convoluted since. I'm giving what? a very broad generalization. No, no, no. Okay, this uh, is... I w- Ed, are you wanting me or Paula? I am wanting you, Doug. The X-Men continuity in the comics has been good up until 2012. I... Did you read fucking Grant Morrison's new X-Men run, and then, and no, then no. The, the run right no, after that? And then the run right after I, that? I read Grant Morrison's X-Men run. I just kind of choose to forget about it. No, but see, no, 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 but you you don't like it because of the retcons after the fact. That's not his fault. That's everybody else's fault after that. That's a bad continuity. Actually, I, I just didn't like his writing on the books. I love what he did with Scott and Emma, but I didn't like That's the rest fair. of the writing. I dug Grant Morrison's run on X-Men. Those leather jackets are fucking sweet. Not just those jackets. I love the, end, the the way the book ended with the idea of the Phoenix eternally having watched over the X-Men and then that that future beast Wolverine storyline. That's, that's so him. Oh my God, that's 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 so Grant it Morrissey. Is. Anyway, anyway, it's Grant but... Morrissey. Grant Morrissey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can I get Eddie? that? I, I, want, I want I want 80s Grant Morrison with the fucking Morrissey hair. <laughs> I I I that's gonna Never be my favorite version of the Smiths. Like <laughs> but uh, please please so continue, Paul. My first experience with Jonathan Hickman is when I picked up um an issue of shield and i'm not talking like agents of shield i'm talking this is uh a book that on that nothing to do with agents of shield even though it started really when when that started becoming a thing but that story goes it tells a story of like the idea of what the shield is like this idea of protecting the planet from extraterrestrial uh from from pretty much everything where you have at one point you have an ancient uh, chinese emperor having fought an eternal you have uh leonardo da vinci going into the sun to reignite it wait what uh, now you have the, <laughs> yeah you have the idea of of michelangelo being uh the eternal man where he is uh omni omnipresent the ninja uh, turtle yeah yeah, he uh, no, he's not an eternal. He is just everywhere. He is in all spaces and times at the same no, time. No, I was asking the Ninja Turtle. 
TMNT three was a lot weirder. Hey, Michelangelo, I remember the it, right? artist I'm talking yeah. about, not Michelangelo the Ninja. My God. Are you trying to tell me Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle is not an artist? No. He's a party dude. Wait, How dare I, you? I, I know that Turtle and the artist aren't the same person, but are you telling me that the artist didn't use nunchucks? No, he didn't need nunchucks. He knew where everything was happening. Okay. Wait, was he the artist formerly known as Michelangelo? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, oh my- fine. But then he started calling himself by the Eternal Man or some shit. Um, in either case, that story gets really fucking weird. Like, it deals with with the son of Nikola Tesla, Nikolai Tesla, who is actually the he's in his he's adopted son because he's actually the baby of like um like extraterrestrial reptiles or some shit like that. If I recall, oh, like, the that story, people. the lizard people. That story gets weird, but god damn it, is it not fucking fun? I mean, this sounds awesome. Um, Are you what, trying to tell me that John Hickman is a is a pen name for Alex Jones or something? <laughs> Holy shit! Oh man, I want that. <laughs> Marvel's turning the frogs gay. The Thor frogs. <laughs> Tony Stark's one of the globalists. <laughs> I have the documents here. You can you can check check that on the internet right here. So one of the reasons I actually recommend it is because um, it actually just finished, even though... So it was one of those situations like Planetary where the last two issues took like six years to come out. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, no, it is a bummer, especially um, because I was the, I, I started reading it while it was still being run. So like I was getting it the monthly and then just three years i never knew what happened i never knew you know what was happening in the three timelines at once but they were <laughs> they were fighting and everything I, it, it's, it's crazy i i highly suggest you pick it up if you're a big fan of that stuff but jonathan hickman has always been that kind of writer where he writes like really uh lore based like stuff so his run on fantastic four which is actually um i just also finished reading as a result of being a fan that that fantastic four just is just Mm -hmm. magnifique chef's kiss yeah that that is that is he writes peak doom like arguably his Doctor Doom is probably one of the best Doctor Dooms ever written because we also got to see what Doctor Doom does because uh, he wrote Secret Wars when Doom becomes God Emperor Doom because he's the one who saves the goddamn Marvel multiverse. Yeah. I don't care what no, anybody no. says. Doom was right. Do, hey, there, Do, there Doom making Marvel great yeah, again. There wouldn't be reality <laughs> without Doom. Exactly. Doom making Marvel great again. Oh, That's I'm saying it. Doom 2020. Hey, even, even if you hate Marvel, <laughs> Doom making marvel exist (laughs) (laughs) but no that's exactly what happened like he wrote he literally so he architected that whole thing where all the multiverses were being destroyed and this and the other thing his runs have just been so good so i am so excited for his x-men run like i just hope that it's his it lives up to the hype that i'm giving it i I really shouldn't no i i get it it up that much but you can't help it he's exactly he's done everything he's done good and also if you're anything like me, now I know I get like pegged as the Marvel fan, the X-Men fan. Okay, now I think that the X-Men lore between like 2002 and 2012 was really good. Like like M-Day was a huge thing. I really liked it. But generally, X-Men have sucked always. <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming from the Cyclops fan. I love it. Oh, but the five-year-old in me is pissed you just <laughs> No, said that's that. the, but the thing is, is X-Men has all these amazing characters. And then, yeah. and and then writers take them and make bad stories. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to a good writer with good characters making good stories. All right. Speaking of good characters, give. Oh, I'm sorry. Good characters. Well, good characters and good good authors. Doug, what do you got? I was torn about how I was going to go about this. Are you all out of faith? Uh, no, I have. Uh, is this how you feel? It is how I feel. Not out of faith, though. Cold and ashamed, lying naked on the floor. It's a '90s song. Hey, Doug. hey, hey, hey! Don't don't <laughs> tell our listeners how I dress in the dimension. Come <laughs> <laughs> right, on, you don't go, have a Natalie cassette tape? There? No, but I, no. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure how to approach this because I was like, do I pick the best? Because the thing is, is the general consensus that Alan Moore is the best comic book writer. And I don't disagree. No, it's not. It is the general consensus. He is the only person who's ever written a graphic novel has been nominated by time for to be one of the best American novels ever written. It was in the top. It was in their top 75 list of best American novels of all time. Yeah, Paul. Also, you're not a general. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fine. What what, what was that book, by the way? Just so the I know to avoid it. Oh. The Watchmen was on. It was the only graphic novel on time. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna get into. You know my feelings on. Watchmen. I was about to say. We, I just love that you're just. <laughs> we we've touched on it before in the past. The general consensus with a lot of Alan Moore stuff is that he set the foundation for a lot of what we see in modern it, no, comics. No, no, like, it's, it's not even that though. It it's. His it's his depth of storytelling, not his ideas necessarily. His abilities as a writer to convey things, both not just through the writing and the dialogue, but also through how the art is displayed. He doesn't draw it, obviously, but he has a lot of creative control over how the paneling, the layout is done, and that is why if you've ever seen one of those videos that shows the uh, artistic mirroring done in the Watchmen where pages are kind of reflections of each other and uh, can be used to illustrate points happening uh, almost in reverse at times. You will see that he takes so much care and thought to lay things out. But the thing is, is that I'm actually not trying to talk about Alan Moore. Alan Moore. There's not to say, man. We didn't. We we're not here yeah. for the general consensus. We're a bunch of weirdos no. here. We want to hear something different. No, no. I'm also not a general. <laughs> That's a, it's the second time I made it, that joke in five is. minutes. Deal with it, no. Doug. <laughs> it was good the first time, and I'm dealing with it the second time. <laughs> um, no, um, but the thing is, also, I believe Alan Moore deserves an episode to himself. But uh, that's for the future. Eh? I think Alan Moore deserves a pizza. But keep going. Well, yeah, at least a pizza, if not an episode. I don't yeah. want to anger him, man. He prays to a snake god. I don't want him unleashing that thing on me. <laughs> so fucking weird. Yeah. Oh, no, no. He's crazy. But anyway, go on. Then I was like, okay, so do I pick the best? Or, hey, maybe I'll just pick the person who wrote my favorite uh, serialized comic, which was Sandman. But then I'm just like, I don't particularly love his other forays into comics as much as I do Sandman, and also he's, I feel like he's primarily a novelist. So I decided to go with uh, a writer that not as many people know, somebody who I love and who, to my knowledge, has never written a bad story or a bad comic. I mean, well, okay, continue. I, I, the only reason I even say it is because I know, but go ahead. I don't want to spoil the reveal. That's okay. No, um, I would like to talk about a writer named Brian K. Vaughn. Now, I believe a lot of our listeners may not know who that is. Um, he got his big start as the person who started the initial run of Runaways in Marvel. 
um, very critically acclaimed series. Uh, quality read, I would recommend it, but that's not even close to my favorite. I read, I read the first, I read the, I remember reading the first trade and going, "Wow, this is actually really, really cool." And then I kind of didn't ever go back to read any more of it. And then the TV show came out, and the TV show wasn't as good as the first trade, so I was like, "Ah, eh, and the whole series went downhill after he left it." Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> All right. So, what other stuff has he written? Because I I've read some of his stuff yeah. too, and I just want to see where where your like of him compares. Okay, no, it's fine. Um, what I like uh, uh, again also about Brian K. Vaughn is that other than that, than that run on Runaways and a couple other small miscellaneous projects, he creates and writes his own series so that he has control over them from beginning to end. Uh, uh, you mean creative, creative, uh, creator, um, creator, creator, owned? creator owned comics. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. Yeah. Edward. At the very least creator controlled comics. Cause they are printed under vertigo, I believe. Uh, image probably. No, uh, vertigo for why the last man, I believe I'm pretty sure. Nah, actually, I think, mm -hmm. I think you're right on that. Ver are you sure? Cause vertigo is the DC imprint and they just shut that yeah, down. Well, no, so. no. Why the last man a long time ago. Uh, let's see. Ex Machina was under Wildstorm. Yeah, Ex Machina was. I knew that, but I, I think these. Uh, Why the Last Man is Vertigo. I, I gotta look it up now. Tickety tagging. Yeah, because I know him from Ex Machina and uh, Pride of Baghdad, and both of which I highly recommend. See, I've never, I haven't read either of those. What I've read of his is Why the Last Man, which I personally feel, arguably. It's okay. It's fine. It's it's not. It's 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 a cup of coffee. It's like you know the deli. Oh no, I like deli cup of coffee. It's like a you know, it's like a regular old cup of coffee from the house. You know, from the it's not bad machine. It's all right. You know, it'll get break you. Know, it'll do. It'll do. Yeah, it'll you, do you, in a pinch. Maybe you throw uh, some cinnamon in the, in the grounds there. Give give yourself a little uh, little kick there. You know, I feel a little more strongly than my compatriots here. Um, I think why the last man was astounding. Uh. I'm not saying it had no faults, but I think it was an incredible series. And what I think is especially amazing about it is that a male writer managed to create a very realistic world that is populated entirely by women, except for one character. <laughs> and they all have their own complex motivations, drives, desires, Basically, Brian K. Vaughn like didn't just ace the Bechdel test; like he's got a doctorate in it. <laughs> so it's it's funny that you say that though, because I've I've spoken to uh, you know, females who have read Why the Last uh -huh. Man, and I was told the opposite that like they all sound like they're written by a white dude. Well, like every every female <laughs> in that in that book sounds like they're written by a white dude. Spoilers: He is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I I, I don't want to argue against the women who said that because I'm a white dude. So like, you are privileged. Yeah, I can't argue their point because like I wouldn't get it if they were right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like every like everyone else, everybody has their opinion right. to it. Right. Now, I, what I appreciate about the female characters in that series is that just like male characters are generally written, every character had their own flaws and motivations. There were characters who were weak. There were characters who were strong. There were characters who were complicated. It, it felt 
like a, just any other story it, uh, with male characters, but just there were no male characters. So what is the basic synopsis of Why uh, the Last Man? I don't think uh, we went oh, into that. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, and the basic synopsis is real uh, simple, and it's not a spoiler because it happens in like the first three pages of the first issue. Um, suddenly and without explanation, uh, in a one moment, all mammals on Earth with the Y chromosome hemorrhage and die, except for, for some reason that nobody knows, this one man named York Brown and his pet, and his pet yeah, monkey, his pet bonobo ampersand. That's a terrible name for a monkey. Uh, fuck Wait, you, I get it. He's, he, <laughs> I get it. He's, he's why the last man because his first letter, first letter of his name is a Y. Also because of the chromosome. That's, wait, that's, yo, that you're is, that is incredibly. Uh, you're overthinking it, for, um, Wait, that's that's why it's called that. I thought it was a question. No, it's the letter. Right, oh. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> hey, well, you you, you, you did pan that well. <laughs> I was about to say he his sarcasm surpasses even mine. <laughs> I got I gotta say I I don't like I said I don't think that's his. Best oh, book. I have differencing. I opinion. just loved um, it, but it's, I don't think it's his best work by far. The book that I love from I, him. I, I bet I know it. Does it start with an S it, and end with an it Aga? It starts with an S and ends with an <laughs> Aga. Yes, it does. Um, I know Ed might not be too big a fan of it, but I love that book. That book is so, so friggin' good. And the the part that kills me is I have to wait before I can keep reading it because he's on like a year and a half hiatus. It's 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 never coming back, Paul, and it's never coming back just to piss you off. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Starts with an S. Has got oh, it's, he he made Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! That that was not as funny as my laugh would indicate. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn does what, what Nintendo. <laughs> actually, I, I don't know what my favorite series of his is. Saga is actually not my favorite, but the thing is, is what I feel like is my favorite was more about how the first like fifty issues went, less than how like you know the end of the series went. But I really loved a series he wrote called Ex Machina. Ten of a Ex Machina tells the story of a person who is the only superpowered individual on this planet. Uh, he he got his powers from some kind of exposure to an alien artifact he found, but that's not really the point. But the point is, is that he has like uh, technopathy, like he can communicate with and control machines, and when he gets these abilities, like a fucking jackass, he decides, "Hey, I'm going to be a superhero." And then causes millions of dollars in property damage, gets sued by the city multiple times, <laughs> and uh, decides, hey, uh, this sucks, no, and quits. But then, and this is uh, uh, maybe a controversial take, I don't know if it still is this far afterwards, but okay, so in the storyline, 9-11 happens. The first plane crashes into the first tower of the World Trade Center. The guy who is a New York resident at Lifelong, um, realizes this is happening, fucking puts on his old fucking superhero jetpack, which again he could just easily make because he had like technopathy, and he flies up and he basically commands the plane to land because he can interface and command machines, and he saves the second tower. This creates a huge wellspring of uh, support from New, uh, New York residents and all of America. He's basically the hero of nine eleven in this story in this universe. 
Um, he uses this goodwill and publicity to run a campaign for mayor and becomes the mayor of New York. And that's how the story starts. But why? Because he realized that being a superhero did no good and politics can change the system. That was the big thing I remember when I read Ex Machina was that it was much more political and also it debuted in 2004. Yeah. Like it was right, you it, know. It, it's like the West Wing if if Martin Sheen had superpowers. See, I I look <laughs> that at that sounds as, hilarious. That, that does sound hilarious. But my my beef with that is I feel like it's a cheap. That that like, moment was it, the inspiration for how he got yeah. to where he was. But the book's not about how he got to where he was. The book's about where he is. Yeah it it it's it's very political. Okay. that's that's what I can say. Like it, I say it's very political, and you're probably thinking it's going to be like the West Wing or House of Cards or something like that. But it's more about. Like being nuanced, you can't just solve everything with an iron fist. Yeah, that, yeah, he's right. I would love to solve everything with an iron Yo, fist. So, so would yeah, I. tell that to Danny Rand. <laughs> well, <laughs> first, speaking of Marvel Netflix, guess who wrote Jessica Jones and uh, 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 Luke Cage was also a producer. Rob Layfield. Nope, Jeff Lowe. Damn it. Yep. Wait, Son of Jeff gun. Daniels. No, Jeff Lowe. I'm sorry, you guys are talking to each other. It blended together. My bad. <laughs> I was like. I would watch the shit out of the Jeff Daniels directed uh, Marvel TV show. I don't know, man. I, I don't know dude, about dumb, that. Dumb and, dumber and Dumber is now part of the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> dumb and Dumber is running the MCU. Hey, Tony, want to hear the most annoying vo- sound in the world? No, I don't. I don't. No, shut your mouth. I don't want I don't want it. Uh, but God. I, I guess to finish up, I, I like that Brian K. Vaughn creates his own stories he, he's not just tacked on with fit following up on this character that he's going to have to continue and then give up while leaving him essentially alone him or her sorry um no he he has an idea a passion a story that he wants to get out he executes it he finishes it and then he's going he makes another and they're all good and saga is his most popular book of all time if i'm not mistaken and it's still ongoing I mean, something, something just to add to that. I feel like that's that creator owned kind of situation. A lot more um, authors are going that way uh, to do a lot of their own indie comic stuff because that that idea of being able to keep your own stuff and and make and make your own thing and not have to rely on like years of continuity and this that, and the other thing. Um, you know, most I feel like most of the people that we discuss today do that. You know, Jonathan that, Hickman has a lot of of uh, creator owned stuff as well, right. uh, which is fantastic. The Black Monday Murders, um, East of West. That's another great series that uh, people should pick up. Yeah. Um, I think in the case of Grant Morrison, he has innumerable number of uh, We Three yeah. is one of those that uh, we three like to tell people happy. about. The best writers have their own stories to tell. Yeah. And they'll get them out there any way they can because they need to. Unless you're Jeff Johns and they just let you do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Doug. Did you want to make any more points? Um, I really like Matt Fraction, but I'm not going to even talk about it. <laughs> well, him, him and Brubaker had a real good run on Iron Fist. Do you see what I did there? Oh, it back. so good. Taking it back. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. So I guess this has been the lamest guy through multiverse. Sure has been, folks. So pay attention to uh you know the, the the names on the books you could pay attention to their hard working pay attention to us we're, 
We're a bunch of nice chaps. All right. Good night, folks. questions, a topic you would like us to cover, or wish to simply tell us all the facts we screwed up, feel free to contact us at laymansguidetothemultiverse at gmail.com. Also, feel free to visit our website at laymansguidetothemultiverse.com. Our intro music is Dance Rocket, off the album Descent of the Goober Monster by Jesse Spillane and is licensed under an Attribution 4.0 International CC by 4.0 license off http colons forward slash forward slash freemusicarchive.org Our intermission music is Crinoline Dreams by Kevin McLeod off incomptech.com licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash by forward slash 3.0 forward slash and our outro music is miami nights extended theme also by kevin mcleod off incomtech.com license under creative commons by attribution 3.0 license http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash 3.0 forward slash